the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Life is an endurance race. It's a marathon. The problem is we never really prepare for the entire race. We'll talk about that today on Truth For Today. Join us. Life is indeed a marathon race, but instead of miles, we run in years. The question is, how well prepared are you for this endurance race? Many of us can get 30, 40, 50 years, some 60, 70. But at the end of the day, there really is no winning this race unless it's done in the power of somebody other than ourselves. And that's what today's broadcast is all about. Our series is called God is Enough. We're in Isaiah 40, verses 30 and 31. Even youth will faint, but the Spirit goes on forever. With more, here's Pastor Phil Howard with today's broadcast of Truth For Today. Even youths shall faint and be weary, and young men shall fall exhausted. But they who wait for the Lord will renew their strength, They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Let me describe to you what's going on. Israel has suffered much. The Syrians finally took the northern kingdoms into captivity. Judah evaded the invasion of Assyria under Sennacherib, and God delivered Hezekiah and Judah. Later on, Babylon sweeps in, and God tells them in Isaiah 40, comfort my people, they've paid double for all their sins. Other words, they've been punished to the full. They've been punished to the full. But their big problem is they were always discovering other gods they would rather serve than the God that let them suffer. That the God that seemed to abandon them, God did not abandon them He just simply said, you want other gods? See if they can deliver you. You want other gods? Go ahead. Isn't it scary God will give you what you want? I just got to have it. You know what God does sometimes? He lets you have it. And once you get it, you say, I don't need it. A little too late, you're addicted. You now got the disease. You've got the habit. And you might be killed before you ever come back. God will give you what you want. God's judgment for sin is more sin. You like sin, he's going to let you do all you want. Just go on. Matter of fact, he'll let you go to hell if you want. That sounds weird, doesn't it? You don't want him? Well, why doesn't he sovereignly intervene? Come on, you, you human responsibility, you free will people, come on. He'll let you have your choice. He will. And he starts to tell Israel, I'm the true and wonderful God, and you should have relied on me. 
And I want us to look at the chapter and apply it to young people and us adults likewise. Three things I want to ask. Uh, Is God, this God of the Bible, big enough for you? Is he big or need we look for a bigger God? Now, the God of Isaiah seems to be big enough. I don't know what your God looks like. Because we all create an image of God. It was A.W. Tozer who said in the knowledge of the holy, what a man thinks of when he thinks of God is the most important thing about you. And if I ask you to define God on a three-by-five card, what would you define him? That's the most important thing about you, according to Tozer. I had that assignment in seminary. Our theology prof said, by next week, I want a three-by-five card definition of who is God. I'm telling you, we wrestle, all of us guys, and we're all at most gone through college. We're doing master's level work. Give me a definition that cannot be compared to anybody else. What's your definition of God? J.B. Phillips wrote a book, Your God is Too Small. And most of us, our God's too small. He's the God we've created between our years. He's not the God of the Bible. Now listen to what he says in Isaiah 40. In verse 9, he said, Behold your God, Israel. Go up, tell them, listen, I want you to tell the cities of Judah about how great their God is. Tell them how powerful I am. What do you compare my power to? Let's just see if you can get a God this size anywhere else. I'll just take one reference outside of Isaiah. Take Psalms 139. What other God has been with you ever since your mother got pregnant with you and that was inside the uterus and the womb was there that determined your pigmentation, your brain capacity, the color of your hair, your ethnicity. He was in there weaving you intricately, preserving you. Uh, If your mother had a fall, whatever, God let that embryonic sac keep you protect you did you what other god starts with you when you're but a one cell being our god and he said this god there's no place you'll ever go from conception on that he won't be there so he's the ever-present god from the womb on for every human being that's why we say Don't probe and mess with that little cell, even if it's not outside the womb, because God's present right there. God even caused the conception. Be frank, you can have a lot of sex without a pregnancy. Ask the barren woman. God gives conception. God's the overseer of life. It's not light. Now, he starts telling them, Look at the things God can do that none of these idols you've been serving can do. Look at verse 12. You got your Bible? Look at it. Who has measured the waters in the hollow of his hand? Now, could you imagine asking God how many gallons are in the Pacific Ocean? God could tell you. Where's your scales? Is that good enough? So many gallons, so much weight. You got a God that big? This God's that big. 
And he marked off the heavens with a span, span of his hand. Whoop. Wait, 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 wait. The Milky Way, it doesn't exceed the span of his hand. Did you know we've got galaxies out there that we've never discovered yet? We thought, you know, uh, our own uh, uh, galaxies were great and uh, all that. And then when Hubble comes along, we're discovering galaxy after galaxy. So wait, wait, we can't keep up. And God says, by the way, I look down on all the galaxies because I'm bigger than the galaxies. I'm the creator, and I can stand above. God stops somewhere out there. God doesn't just go on forever. He's not a big, giant jellyfish that just keeps going on. No, he's got limits. But his limits is he's bigger than everything he created. Uh, He says here, he marked off the heavens. He enclosed the dust of the earth in a measure and weighed the mountains in a scale. Oh, you've got to be kidding. No, I'm not. And the hills in the balance. God knows what the Sierra range weighs. God knows what the Rocky Mountains weigh. That's pretty good power to weigh mountains, measure oceans. And he he talks about, can your God do that? And uh, uh, and they ask you, what man could ever counsel God? He goes on to say, uh, look at the nations. Look, you're impressed with nations, Israel. You're impressed with Assyria and Egypt. Behold, the nations are like a drop in a bucket. Russia, drop. Iraq, drop. America, drop. 260 million people, a drop. India, a drop. We're looking at something we haven't been handling lately. And you want another God? Anything after this God is going to be smaller. And are accounted as the dust on the scales. Behold, he takes up the coastlands like fine dust. Lebanon, ah, with all of her trees, I'll use her for fuel. 17, the nations are like nothing before him. They are counted as less. Then he asked the question, to whom will you liken me? Who do you want to compare me to? Now look, he says about their gods. He said, you've made gods. He said, their eyes are plastered over. You can't even, they can't even see. He said, you go cut down a piece of wood. The half of it, you build a fire. The other half, you build a God, and you worship that God. You kneel. It can't see. It can't talk. It can't hear. And you've chosen it over me. Now, let me tell you, young people, this 19 to 29 crowd and our younger ones, pornography for boys begins at age 13. The most addicted are 13 to 17. That's where they get hooked. They've got to see a naked woman every day to make it. And the pitiful remarks, as I just read Christianity Today, is about 70% of all adult men see pornography weekly and 25% of pastors. Christianity Today this month. We're hooked. And pornography is an idol. You're worshiping the image of someone you don't know. 
You're pretending you've got a relationship with someone that is nothing but ink on paper. But you've imagined. See, to be an idolater, you must have an imagination. Idolatry, imagination. I imagine. I look on that thing. Hey, I just, man, I painted it. Uh, You've got ears. Oh, there's your nose. And I look. You can meet all my needs. And, And by the way, here's some rice. And, and, and that would be okay for just rice. But by the way, I brought my son, and I'll put him on a burning fire into your mouth, as they did Molech. They would just lay the child there, and while the flames were burning, the infant would roll into the mouth of the idol. Please, in the drought in California, and I'm trusting you. Does that seem absurd? What about if we put money up here? I'll do anything for money. Uh, put a woman up here. Put some drugs up here. I, I bow. I worship you. I, I can't live without you. Is there anything in your life I can't live without? I got to have a little Coke. I, I got to have a snort. I got to have, I got to have that chick. But she's not a believer. She hates your God. I don't care. She's good in bed. What does she do when she dies? Your God's going to die. Your God's a mere mortal. You're both going to die. But, oh, man, what a figure. What eyes. What, can, can, can they save you? No. Can they reverse? Can they meet any major needs? They only fill the need of lust. But you made them a God. You're saying you can, can't live without them. Israel, and don't anyone take that money. I'm leaving it there. <laughs> I gave in the offering. Leave my money alone. So he's saying, yeah, look at these nations that you've run. Uh, look at it. He's going to talk about the idol. To whom then will you liken me? To one of your idols? A craftsman, he makes it. A goldsmith overlays it with gold. He puts silver chains on it. He too is impoverished for an offering. He chooses wood that will not rot. You know, when you're going to make a god, you've got to get a wood that won't rot. He seeks out a skillful craftsman. To set up an idol that will not move. By the way, that's why there's no images of any gods around here. We don't make them to Mary, and we don't make them to the preacher. We serve the invisible, high and lifted God. He doesn't need images. We are not image worshipers. Because our God is the God of Isaiah, not a wood stump. We don't put up idols. If I had my way, you'd melt them all. It was, I forget which reformer it was, says, melt all the idols in the churches and put the saints in circulation. He wanted to melt the silver and gold, and he said, then we could put the saints in circulation, make money out of them. You don't get it, but that's okay. Uh, Don't you understand that he who sits on the circle of the earth? Notice there, God never did say the earth was flat. Science said that. Science said the earth was flat. And if you study the life of Christopher Columbus, he read in Isaiah that the earth was a circle. And he said, I'm going outside the Gibraltar Straits, and I'm going to sail that way, and I won't drop off of a flat earth. It's a circle, because I believe Isaiah. You could study. It's a historical fact. Science gets mixed up. This God doesn't get mixed up. 
He said, he's looking from the sphere, the circle of the earth. Now, are you impressed with princes? Look at verse 23. Brings princes to nothing. Where is Saddam Hussein? Where did we find Saddam? On the throne, a groveling and a hole in the ground. Where is Noriega? Been down rotting in a prison down in South America, but has come to faith in Jesus Christ. I just read about it. Where is Hitler? With his lover in the bunker and takes the cyanide tablets and kills himself. Where is that country? It has come back. But where was the mighty man that will extinguish Jews and kill gypsies and kill blacks and be the pope of the whole world? No, Hitler, you won't. You're impressed with princes and power. But God says right here, he is above the princes who brings princes to nothing, makes the rulers of the earth as emptiness. Scarcely are they planted. Scarcely are they sown. Scarcely has their stem taken root in the earth when he blows on them and they wither and the tempest carries them off like stubble. See you, Saddam. See you, Hitler. See you, Haman. See you, this one. They're all going to crash because Psalms 2 said Messiah, a resurrected Jewish man called Jesus Christ of Nazareth is going to reign over the nations and he's going to put them under his foot like a footstool and he's going to say, I am king, I am Lord, I will take the earth. Now young people, you won't hear this in class, but this is our God. This is the God you'll have to leave. And you'll have to find another God. Be sure what God you pick. Because whatever God you pick is where you'll end. There's only one God that's made the heaven. It's this God, the God of Isaiah 40. And he's telling Israel, you've been giving up your children. I've sent you in to Captivity in Babylon, 70 years. Assyria has brutalized you in the north. And now, in the dysphoria, they're still scattered. Oh, Israel, my heart longs to bring you back to me, the true and living God. He goes on. Look at the world. Look at the size of it. Verse 25. To whom then would you compare me? that I should be like him. Lift up your eyes and see who created these. Look up. Have you ever asked, who made all that? Well, let's see. The Big Bang, an amoeba. Uh, You know, this stuff didn't even really start till the late 1890s with Darwin. Okay, you got a Big Bang that's pretty creative. Um, And an amoeba, they've come a long ways. No wonder we're trillions of years old. That amoeba's had to do a lot of walking. Uh, And he says, because Israel as a whole was theistic, and even if they picked the idols, they would ascribe to them the same. You know, their gods had to do it. But watch, lift up your eyes. Who brings out all these stars? Who calls them by name? And the great will stop. 
The first thing he says is, uh, Israel, have you forgotten the size of your God? You've been in the God market. You're looking for God. Young people, let me tell you, you're looking for the God in your life. And your peers uh, are doing drugs, sex, booze, come from broken homes, and you're stuck with some parents or somebody that's dragging you down here. You say, I can't wait to boat and do my own thing. What you're really saying is, I want to go away from the great, great God, and I'm going to choose lesser gods, and they will destroy you. Other gods always... See, the only God in the Bible that gives is our God, the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Every other God ever invented, you have to support them, and you, they stay mad, they want your sons, they want your body, uh, they want your rice. You're always trying to get the gods happy. This God starts out and says, by the way, I'm a happy God. By the way, you don't have to bring me rice. You can't feed me. By the way, Israel, if you kill a thousand oxen, do you think you're feeding me? If you cut down every tree in Lebanon, you think I'm impressed with your altars? No, I'm the great happy God. That would be just fine without you. I just decided to make you mine. I want to love you. I want to be good to you. Young people, our God wants to bless you like you can't imagine. He wants you to know his son and come to have eternal life. He wants you to direct his steps all the way through peer pressure, puberty, hormones, pimples, and ugly boys. He, he, he wants to guide you in that, boys, you're good looking, especially Dominic's a good looking dude. Okay, and, and so he wants to guide you. He wants to guide you through life. I was saved at 14, backslid over rock and roll, just like Bobby and Nick do. And because uh, uh, and, I wanted to go to dances in our, our church group, you couldn't be in dances and rock and roll. So I backslid because I loved to hear those guys play. Got right with the Lord by the time I was 15, said yes to preaching. And so from 15 on, I've been asking God to be my God, direct my steps. I cannot tell you how much pain he's kept me from. I cannot tell you how wonderful it is to be married to a godly woman and not an idol of a playmate. To have a woman that Christ indwells. And as God told me when I dated her, if you ever hurt her, I will break your neck. (laughs) Because you're dating my daughter. When you date God's kids, you've got to be careful. The old man of that girl may not even be up that night, and he could be out at a bar. But if she's a Christian, so watch out, guys. And if he's a Christian, you're messing with a divine family. Do you think God would invest the blood of his son in my wife and not care how I dated her? You've got to be crazy. This God is jealous over what's his. You think you mothers and men are jealous? You've not, you, this God, unapologetic, said, I am a jealous God. I'll share you with no one else. Get over it. A love that doesn't have a certain amount of godly possessiveness for good isn't the kind of love God has. 
And this is Truth For Today, the radio ministry of Valley Bible Church here in Hercules, and our teacher and pastor, Pastor Phil Howard. Thank you for spending time with us today. As always, it is a pleasure and a delight studying God's Word with you that we might mutually grow in our love and admiration for our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. If you have questions about today's program, maybe you have a question about your own walk or relationship with the Lord, we would love to talk with you. No strings attached. Give us a call, and we'd be more than happy to answer any questions we can or pray with you. Our phone number is 855-833-9864. Again, you can reach us at 855-833-9864. If you would rather write to us, here's our address, 1511 M. Sycamore Avenue, Suite 278. We're here in Hercules, the zip code 94547. And again, even if it's a simple thank you for the broadcast, we'd love to hear from you. It's always a delight knowing that these programs are being used by the Lord for your growth in Christ. So again, you can reach us by phone, by mail, or better yet, stop by our website and drop us an email. Let us know you paid us a visit. You can find us at truthfortodayradio.org. That's truthfortodayradio.org. As you stop by, don't forget to drop us an email and take advantage of the many resource materials we have available for your growth in Christ. Again, it's all there at truthfortodayradio.org. And then if you would like to join us here at Valley Bible Church for worship, Sunday services are at 9 and 11, and directions can be found at our website, truthfortodayradio.org, or by calling 855-833-833. 9864. As you contact us, would you also prayerfully consider partnering with us financially? We're able to continue the radio ministry through your generous financial support. And whether it's a one-time gift or a monthly donation, no size is too small or too great. We'd love to hear from you and know that you are partnering with us for the furtherance of the gospel. So contact us today at 855-833-9864 or stop by truthfortodayradio.org. And then come back and join us next time for another broadcast of Truth For Today with Pastor Phil Howard.